Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, you can take a seat. You can take a seat. When God saved us by His grace through our faith in Jesus, God placed His Holy Spirit in us. God is with us by His Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit comforts us, corrects us, counsels us, uh, encourages us, guides us, teaches us God's Word, and He empowers us to obey God's Word. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, he also placed us in his forever family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God is a relational God, so God placed a priority on relationships. We have a relationship with God, which is our first and most important relationship. We have a relationship with ourselves. We have relationships with one another We have relationships with all those that God places around us. The Holy Spirit helps us in and with our relationships. As we have learned in our series, we all have the ability to live and love God's way in our relationships through our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We also know that we have the ability to live and love our way in our relationships. And at times, we do this more often than not. We live and love our way instead of God's way in our relationships. The problem is living and loving our way pales in comparison to living and loving God's way in our relationships. And so the Holy Spirit in us helps us to live and love God's way in our relationships. Thriving relationships are fueled by God's power. Thriving relationships are filled with God's ingredients. God's ingredients bless us and enable us to bless others. God's ingredients help us and enable us to help others. And so we're going to continue looking at the ingredients God wants us to incorporate in our lives and relationships so that we can have thriving relationships. And the next ingredient for us this morning is forgiveness. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. We'll start in Matthew chapter 6 as we focus in uh, for the next few moments on forgiveness. Jesus uh, called his disciples to come and follow him. And he said, I will make you fishers of people. And then Jesus taught his disciples what it would look like and how they were to follow him in this Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this incredible sermon is recorded for us by Matthew in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We're going to start in chapter 6 and we'll move on from there. And we know the Sermon on the Mount uh, is for us today because we are disciples, we are servants, we are followers of Jesus. And so we're going to look at some points to start with about forgiveness, this ingredient, this all-important ingredient of forgiveness for our relationships. And the first ingredient, uh, and the first point in this ingredient of forgiveness is Jesus preached about forgiveness. And we find here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus emphasized forgiveness 
as he taught us how to pray. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9, Jesus said, Matthew's recording his words, Therefore you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive. Say that with me. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven. Say that with me. Our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Jesus prioritized forgiveness here in the Sermon on the Mount and in other places in this sermon. He prioritized and emphasized forgiveness in his preaching in the parable of the unforgiving servants. He also emphasized forgiveness in the story he shared in Luke's gospel about going to the Pharisee's home. And as he got to the Pharisee's home and as he knelt and reclined in his home, the sinful woman from the town stood behind him. She stood behind Jesus and she washed the feet of Jesus with her tears. She wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. She kissed the feet of Jesus and she anointed the feet of Jesus with the perfume she had brought. All the while, the host, the Pharisee, was proudly judging this woman and Jesus for allowing the woman to do what she was doing to his feet. And thought to himself, if Jesus really was a prophet, if he is who he says he is, he would certainly not allow her to do what she's doing to his feet. And Jesus rebuked and corrected the Pharisee. And he said, the one who is forgiven much loves much. Forgiveness is important to us in our relationships. Forgiveness is a must for us in our relationships. So real quick, forgive, a definition, the biblical definition of forgive. Forgive means to send away. It means to keep no longer, to let go, to release. It means to release, to send away the sins others commit against us and the hurt others cause us. The sins others commit against us and the hurt others cause us. Forgiveness is a decision we make. It's not an emotion we feel. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. And so we see Jesus preached about forgiveness again and again and again. The second point, Jesus purchased our forgiveness. My greatest need in life, your greatest need in life, and the greatest need of every person in their life is all one and the same. It's forgiveness. Paul told us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all sinned against God. We've all turned away from God in rebellion against God. We have all fallen short. We've missed God's mark of perfection and holiness. And our sin against God separates us from God, and there's nothing we can do to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. But God, say that with me, but God, rich in grace, mercy, and love, sent his son Jesus to rescue us from our sins. Jesus 
came to earth and he took our place in the cross. He paid our price for sin. Jesus purchased our forgiveness with his blood that he shed on Calvary. And the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus opens the way for us to receive forgiveness of sin and to enter into a relationship with God. As Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, in accordance with the riches of his grace that he has richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. We who were far away from God due to our sin against God have been brought near to God by the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. We can rejoice in our forgiveness with God in Jesus. We also know Jesus not only preached about forgiveness, but he also practiced forgiveness. He didn't just purchase our forgiveness, he practiced forgiveness. Jesus always practiced what he preached, and we see this once again, and one of the greatest demonstrations certainly, is in Luke chapter 23. Luke 23 in Luke's gospel, Luke recorded the scene that you know well, I know well, followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus forgave those who crucified him. In Luke 23, beginning in verse 33, Luke wrote these words. For if they do these things uh, when, uh, no, 33. All right, I got it. Got it, Mark. Here we go. When they arrived at the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Amazing, amazing picture, amazing scene. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes and cast lots. Jesus practiced forgiveness. When God saved us by his grace through our faith in Jesus, God forgave us our sins, past, present, and future. We can rejoice that our God is a forgiving God. Amen? Our God is an amazing God. And one of the aspects of his amazing nature is that he is a forgiving God. We know this. We can rejoice in the forgiveness that we have with God in Jesus. As the psalmist said in Psalm 103, verses 3 and 4, Lord, if you kept accounts of iniquities, Lord, who could stand but with you there's forgiveness so that you may be revered. So we know that Jesus, the righteous one, died for us, the unrighteous ones, to bring us to God. We know uh, that we can rejoice in this forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Jesus preached about forgiveness. He preached our forgiveness, and he practiced forgiveness. And the fourth point we know then is Jesus wants us to follow his example. As Christ followers, we follow Christ, therefore we forgive. The late great author and apologist C.S. Lewis once said, everybody thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. And God wants us to follow his example when it comes to forgiveness. Living is forgiving for those of us in Jesus. Living is forgiving day by day by day for those of us who are in Jesus. Now, we seek God's forgiveness for our sins against him. That's obvious. That's first. That's foremost. Solomon told us in Proverbs 28 and verse 13, the one who conceals his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces him will find mercy. 
So God forgives us as we confess and forsake our sin. We seek God's forgiveness for the sins we commit against him. We seek others' forgiveness for the sin we commit against them. Jesus taught us earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, if we're worshiping the Father, if we're coming to worship, and we know that we have sinned against a brother or sister, we have caused offense to a brother or sister, we have hurt a brother or sister by our words or actions, then we are to go and we're to be reconciled, Jesus said. Go and, and be reconciled with them. That means go and seek their forgiveness. And then we also know that we are to show forgiveness for those who sin against us. We seek forgiveness from God and others when we cause that sin and hurt, and we show forgiveness to others when they sin against us. As Jesus said, if we don't forgive others their offenses and sins against us, then God, our Heavenly Father, won't forgive us the daily sins that we need forgiveness for. And so we understand this forgiveness is an all-encompassing, all-important ingredient for us individually, but also for us in all our different relationships. So let's look at some reasons why we forgive. We see this point that Jesus made it clear to us throughout the Gospels. We see this over and over again, the importance of forgiveness. Now, why? Why should we forgive? The first reason is real clear. Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount, we forgive because we've been forgiven. We forgive because we've been forgiven. And that's a good enough reason all by itself. We do not forgive based on the worthiness of others. We do not forgive based on the request from others. We forgive because we've been forgiven. We know that we love because God first loved us. We forgive because God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus. As Paul reminded us in Ephesians 4 and verse 32, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. We did nothing to deserve or earn God's gift of forgiveness to us in Jesus. So it doesn't make any sense for us not to give to others what God has so richly and lovingly given to us. We've received God's gift of forgiveness as a gift of his grace to us in Jesus. Therefore, we're to extend our forgiveness to others as an extension of God's grace to us in Christ Jesus that we pour out into their lives. We forgive because we've been forgiven. But Jesus also made it clear, secondly, we forgive because we want to be forgiven. He made it clear to us right there in that passage in Matthew 6. We forgive because we want to be forgiven. We know, even though we have been forgiven by God in Christ Jesus, even though we are saved by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, we still battle with our sinful flesh on a day-by-day -day basis. We still indulge uh, the sinful desires of our flesh. The things we don't want to do, we do at times. Therefore, we need God's forgiveness of our daily sins. That's why Jesus said, listen, this is important. I need you to understand how important this is. If you forgive others their offenses against you, then my Father will forgive you of your offenses. But if you choose not to forgive others their offenses against you, then God's not going to forgive you of your 
offenses. Jesus is teaching us forgiving others when they sin against us, forgiving others when they offend us gives indication that we understand the amazing grace and forgiveness that we have received already in Christ and that we still need to receive daily in Christ. And so we forgive because we've been forgiven. We forgive because we want to receive God's forgiveness of the daily sins that we commit. We forgive as well, because unforgiveness doesn't work. A third reason we forgive is, you know this as well as I do, unforgiveness doesn't work. Unforgiveness is a sin. doesn't work in God's family. doesn't please God or honor God. Unforgiveness stalls our spiritual growth and walk with the Lord. Unforgiveness stops God's forgiveness of our daily sins. Unforgiveness chains us to a person who caused us pain in our past. Unforgiveness keeps us from experiencing God's peace in the present. Unforgiveness helps our enemy Satan in his work against us. Unforgiveness hinders our walk with God, our worship of God, and our witness for God. Unforgiveness damages us. Unforgiveness damages our relationships with one another, with all those God places around us. Unforgiveness damages our relationship with God. And there are times, I think there are times in our lives where we're, we're so hurt, we're so angry, we're so frustrated at the hurt others have caused us in the past tense or continue to cause us in the present tense. We're so hurt, we're so frustrated, we're so angry that we kind of get to a point at times where we think to ourselves, unforgiveness is the best way for me to get back and to hurt that person who's hurt me. And the truth is, it's not. Never is. Unforgiveness always hurts us. Unforgiveness always hurts us. And so we forgive because the alternative really isn't much of an alternative at all. The alternative is unforgiveness, and we know what that does to us. We know what God has said to us, his word, about that. We, we know that that's not the answer, and yet we have this hurt, we have this frustration, we have this pain that quite possibly maybe throughout the years has kind of turned into bitterness and, and resentment and deep-seated unforgiveness. And so we're kind of caught because we know what we should do, but we're not quite sure we want to do it or, or how to do it. And we know the alternative, unforgiveness doesn't work. And so the fourth reason we forgive is we forgive by God's power. We forget by God's power in us, not, not ours. Listen, we understand and, and realize, each one of us, I think, could give testimony to this. Forgiveness is not easy for us. In any and every situation and circumstance and instance, forgiveness is not always easy for us. And I would dare say forgiveness is impossible for us at times. Due to the depth of the hurt and pain others have caused us. 
We desperately need God's help to forgive. And so we must seek his help. As John said in 1 John chapter 5, in verses 14 and 15, this is a confidence we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, that we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know we have what we've asked of him. Listen, we can ask God to help us forgive with the confidence in knowing that he will help us forgive because that's his will for us. It's all throughout scripture. God calls us to forgive. And so he knows our hurt. He knows the depth of our pain. He knows the depth of the anger. He knows the depth of the bitterness. He knows the depth of the resentment that we may have towards that person who has hurt us by their words or actions. And so he asks us to just, again, rely on him because we can forgive them in his power and strength, not in ours. And as we ask him to help us forgive, he will do just that because that's his will for us. It's what's best for us. He doesn't want us continuing to walk in the devastation of unforgiveness any more than we want to continue to walk in the devastation of unforgiveness. And so we understand forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is radical. Forgiveness is supernatural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. You hear testimonies about this all the time. When folks have a tragedy in their life, and there's a, a courtroom scene oftentimes, and the guilty one is being convicted, and the family members come and they say, we want you to know, we forgive you. And there's very, very limited ability that those, when they're describing that, to describe that because it's so radical to them. We know that it's God at work in and through that individual is able to offer that forgiveness. Forgiveness is powerful. You know, we are just like Jesus when we forgive. We think about all the time, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Well, we know what Jesus did. Jesus forgave. Therefore, when we forgive... We're just like Jesus. And that's not a bad thing, to be just like Jesus. Amen? And so we understand the difficulty at times, the, the depth of the hurt and pain, the challenge. So how then? How can we forgive? We know we need to. We know. I, I know it's biblical. I, I get it. I hear how. How can we forgive? Well, let me just share a few ways that we're able to forgive. And we can certainly uh, so many more, but these are a few ways that I think uh, we can uh, focus in, we can work on uh, relying on the Lord, not ourselves, trusting in the Lord, not ourselves. We can seek this forgiveness, this peace, this harmony, this unity uh, through uh, following these steps. The first is that we must forgive joyfully. I think this is so vitally important when we're talking about forgiving others. First and foremost, we forgive joyfully. What does that mean? It means we keep our eyes on Christ. We keep our eyes on the cross. We continually remind ourselves of the forgiveness that we have received from God in Christ Jesus. We understand and realize that we are able to forgive joyfully as we focus in on this great gift of forgiveness that God has given to us. 
We did nothing to deserve or earn the forgiveness of God uh, that we've received from God. As we've said, Jesus took our place on the cross. He paid our price for sin. We are right with God in Christ Jesus. And so as we forgive and we think about forgiveness, as we think about forgiving that one for what they have said to us or what they have done to us, we begin to take those steps of forgiveness by by rejoicing in the forgiveness that we have from God for our day-to-day sins, the forgiveness that we receive from God that welcomed us into the family of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And so we focus in on that forgiveness. We focus in on the simple truth that Jesus the righteous one died for us the unrighteous ones to bring us to God. This is a constant source of joy for you and me day by day. And so we forgive joyfully. Secondly, we forgive quickly. Now that may may sound impossible, and it, it may be impossible for us, but it's not with God's help. We forgive quickly. What does that mean? It means we release, we let go, we keep no longer, we send away the sin others commit against us, the hurt others cause us. We do it quickly. As soon, literally, as possible. As we forgive joyfully, we want to forgive quickly. We forgive quickly because we don't want anyone or anything to get in the way of our relationship with God and our relationships with those God has blessed us with uh, in our circles of influence. And we know unforgiveness gets in the way of our relationship with God and others. So we want to forgive quickly. Because we also don't want anyone or anything to keep us from receiving God's daily forgiveness of our sins. As we continue walking with the Lord day by day, as we continue following after Christ, we know because of the Holy Spirit's presence and power in us, when we stumble, trip, and fall, we turn away from God and sin and rebellion against God. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We know that. We understand that. We realize shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have sent that, shouldn't have thought that, shouldn't have gone there. We know God loves us. He convicts us. Why? Because he wants us to confess our sins quickly so that we can receive forgiveness quickly so that we can be restored in our relationship with him quickly so that he can continue his work in and through our lives. So we want to forgive quickly because we don't want anyone or anything to keep us from receiving the forgiveness of our daily sins that we need from our Father. And we forgive quickly because we don't want to allow bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness to find a fertile ground in us. We don't want to do it. We don't want to help our enemy in his work against us. And so we want to forgive joyfully. We want to forgive quickly. Uh, Third, we need to forgive honestly. We forgive honestly. That just simply means we take our hurt to God so that we don't take it out on one another. Take our hurt to God so that we don't take it out on each other. When others say things or do things that cause us hurt, that uh, as they offend us, as they trespass against us, we need to go to God immediately. And we talk with God and we tell him about our anger. We tell him about our frustration. We tell him about our discouragement. We tell him about our disappointment. We tell him about the hurt that they've caused us. We tell him about the pain that we're dealing with. We let 
Our Father, no. Listen, He knows our hearts and minds and our thoughts anyways. He knows what's going on. We're not keeping anything from Him. We might as well go ahead and tell Him because it helps us as we confess those thoughts, those feelings, those hurts to Him. And we cry out to Him honestly. We pour our heart out to the Lord. And we tell Him how much that hurt. And we tell Him how frustrated we are. Because we, we, we tell Him that we don't think we've done anything to deserve it at times. We pour everything out, get it all out to the Father. We forgive honestly. And then we just ask God, after pouring all that out, God, help me, help me to forgive. I know you have forgiven me, and I didn't deserve it, and I don't deserve it, God. Help me to forgive. You know, Peter reminded us, cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. David the psalmist said, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to our cry for help. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. I keep the Lord in mind always because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. On the day I called you, answer me, God. You increase strength within me. Solomon said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. We can run to it, the righteous. We can run to it and find safety. Isaiah said, you will keep in perfect peace the mind that is steadfast for it is trusting in you, God. We know and understand as we come before the Father, as we take that hurt to him, immediately crying out to him, pouring it out to him, he will hear, he will respond, he will heal, he will clean us up, he will strengthen us, and he will empower us to continue walking through that forgiveness process joyfully, quickly, honestly, and we forgive specifically. We need to forgive specifically. And by that, I mean we need to pray for the one by name who hurt us. We need to forgive specifically. That means going to the Father, and after we've shared our hearts with the Father, then we begin to pray for that one or those ones We've caused hurt. And we pray and ask God to help us see them as he sees them. We ask God to help us love them as he loves them. We ask God to help us respond to them as he would have us respond to them. We pray and ask God that they, that person or persons, that they would respond we're praying and asking God to motivate that individual to respond to his work in their lives. We're praying for that person to respond in obedience to God at work in their lives because we know God is at work in their life just as he's at work in our life. God is either at work in that individual's life drawing them to Christ or he's at work in their life of making them more like Christ. And God forgives them as he forgives us. And so we pray specifically for that individual or for those individuals. Pray for them by name. Because here's what I know I found, and I'm sure you found it as well. The more we pray, the more the pain fades away. The more we pray by name for those folks who have caused us hurt. And it's not the first item on our checklist of things we want to do. I understand that. We're, we're human. We get hurt by others' actions, by others' words. And 
And the top thing on our list isn't just to go and, and start praying for them by name and praying all these blessings on them by name. But it's vitally important for us so that we might walk in the forgiveness that God desires for us to walk in, that beautiful victory that is ours in Jesus, keeping in mind that reality, that truth, that Jesus purchased our forgiveness on the cross with his blood that he shed for you and for me. And so we understand this priority when it comes to forgiving and how vitally important it is for us to forgive. And then fifth, we forgive wisely. Forgive wisely. So we've walked through those other biblical steps of application. We forgive wisely. Forgiveness does not mean, listen now, forgiveness does not mean we forgive others and then continue to let them hurt us and continue to do the same thing we've done. Forgiveness means we forgive others and with wisdom we make changes. We're going to forgive wisely. That means we forgive others and then we make changes. Specifically, we begin to set boundaries in our relationships with those who have hurt us or with those who continue to hurt us. We set boundaries in our relationships. We forgive them, but then we begin to set boundaries in our relationships with those who either have hurt us in the past or who continue to hurt us in the present and really don't care to stop whatever it is they're doing or saying that's causing us hurt. we got to set boundaries. Those boundaries include speaking God's truth in love to them. Those boundaries include limiting or even at points eliminating alone time with that person who has caused us hurt. Boundaries include making sure that there are others with us when we are going to be around that person person or those persons who have hurt us or continue to hurt us. It means making sure that we do not lower or remove the boundaries we have put in place with that person who is causing us hurt. We don't ever back away from those boundaries. We enforce those boundaries. We don't remove them or lower them. We continue to walk in them by God's power with his wisdom. It also means Going and getting help at times. It's vitally important for us to go and seek help. Christian counselors, fantastic. Biblical counselors are fantastic folks. We can go and seek help when we just can't seem to get past the hurt on our own. When the hurt consumes us and when we're walking through the biblical steps and we're doing all we can do and we know and understand and we're trying to forgive by God's power and we have forgiven as best as we can and yet we still continue to carry around that hurt, those burdens. We still continue to, to carry around the echo of the words that were spoken to us uh, months ago, years ago, then we must take that next step. Wisdom calls us. Take that next step and to go and to seek help from folks who can help guide us in the word. Pastors or, or biblical counselors, Christian counselors, go to help us. There's such great help available. Instead of continuing just to Get stuck and to stay 
in that miry pit of hurt and pain and frustration and anger and, and bitterness and even worse. The good news is James reminded us if any of us lacks wisdom, all we have to do is go and ask God. He'll give us his wisdom generously, and he won't find fault in us asking him for wisdom. And so we understand the beauty, the blessing, the power, the radical nature of forgiveness, God's forgiveness of us, and his desire for us to extend that forgiveness to those in our relationships. Forgiveness allows us to get out of God's way so that he can have his way in us and with us and through us and around us. Forgiveness allows us to walk in our victory in Jesus. Forgiveness allows us to enjoy our relationships from Jesus. Forgiveness allows us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those in our relationships. Forgiveness frees us to minister to those in our relationships that God's placed around us. Forgiveness allows us to bless others and encourage others and help others and love others and pray for others and minister to others and serve others and witness to others in the name of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, by the power of Jesus. Forgiveness is, is so vitally important for you and for me. I love what one Bible scholar said. The person who chooses not to forgive destroys the bridge over which they must cross themselves. So we understand and realize forgiveness, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's impossible for us in our strength and wisdom. But with God, we know all things are possible. Forgiveness is radical, supernatural. It's not natural. And we are just like Jesus when we forgive. So let's make the decision again this morning. Let's be like Jesus again this morning. And let's forgive. Let's embrace this ingredient of forgiveness so that it can permeate our lives in all our relationships. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. The worship team is going to come and lead us in worship. And in these moments, we talk about forgiveness inevitably. It's a heavy topic that brings up all kinds of different emotions and feelings and thoughts. Some positive because we've walked through those steps of forgiveness and we, we rejoice in the healing power of forgiveness. And we've seen that forgiveness work through the restoration of relationships in our own lives. And that yet we also know that those feelings can be challenging because we understand and realize we're carrying that hurt from words or actions that were spoken or done to us. And maybe that We've been carrying it for a while. And so God calls us once again to embrace his truth. And he allows us the joy and privilege to apply his truth in our lives by his power, his spirit in us. You see, he, he equips and empowers us to do all that he calls us to do. By his spirit at work in us. And so I want to encourage you to Respond to the Lord this morning as he's speaking to you. Whatever aspect, whatever decision that 
means for you, whether it's to seek forgiveness from others or to show forgiveness to others. Our prayer partners are standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you have a need, care, or concern, maybe you just want to come and say, would you just pray for me to take this step of forgiveness? I know I need to and I want to, but I need God's help. They would love to pray with you, pray for you. Maybe you're just going to continue to pray, God, help me to continue to forgive. And in those moments, the enemy provokes me to grab onto unforgiveness. God, would you remind me to just keep pouring that forgiveness out? If you've yet to receive God's forgiveness for your sin, if you understand and realize, as the gospel was presented this morning, that God purchased your forgiveness, the cross of Calvary, God's Son, our Savior, Jesus, took our place, paid our price, shed his blood. His death, burial, and resurrection opens the way for us to receive forgiveness of sin and enter into a relationship with God. If you desire that relationship with God for the first time this morning, then why not now say yes to the Lord? You can make your way to these prayer partners. They'd love to introduce you to Jesus. I'll be standing here at the front. I would love to pray with you. Introduce you to Jesus. You could be changed from the inside out for all eternity by God's grace through your faith in Jesus. In these moments, God is speaking to each one of us. He wants us to respond to him. So let's stand and let's respond as we worship to the Father.